This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I want to go over the Week 13 matchups. Going to go over the first seven matchups. There's 14 games this week, four four teams on by. I want to go over the first seven games in this episode, and then the next seven games will be uh, in the next episode. I'm going to go over the usage, you know, coming into this week uh, for all these players. Basically, we're going to go over every single fantasy-relevant player going into week 13, uh, going over matchups, going over usage. Um, we're trying to make the playoffs. So if you guys need to win the next two weeks, this is the, this is the right place to be. And we're going to try to make you guys not only make it to the playoffs, but win some fantasy championships. All right. So let's get right into it for the Thursday night game, the Cowboys at the Saints. Uh, this is a 47 and a half over under. Uh, in Vegas, uh, the Cowboys are favored by four and a half points. Now, Dak has all his weapons back for this game. Amari Cooper is set to play. Now, when the Cowboys went against the Bucks in week one, uh, they were a stout run defense and had a weaker, weaker secondary, right? That's kind of how the Saints are. Um, I can see the Cowboys, you know, not overworking their running backs on the ground, but having Dak drop back 40 to 50 times in this game. Uh, I would say that he's a solid QB1 this week. Now, with Amari back, with Gallup back, you know, these guys will likely play on the outside primarily while C.D. Lamb uh, runs most of his routes from the slot like he did when these three played together against the Falcons a couple weeks ago. C.D. Lamb caught six balls for 94 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Uh, Chris Godwin went ham against the Saints in week eight uh, out of the slot, right? He caught eight balls for 140 yards and a touchdown. Okay, uh, Jacoby Myers had nine catches for 94 yards out of the slot against the Saints. Jacoby Myers, okay, uh, this is just a good matchup for, for CeeDee Lamb against P.J. Williams. I'd be ranking Lamb as a borderline wide receiver one this week. Uh, as far as Amari, my guess is that he's going to draw a shadow from Marshawn Lattimore um, since he's the one that's going to be on the outside between him, between him and CeeDee. Uh, but th- that's not a reason to stay away from him. Um, you know, Lattimore has allowed almost half a fantasy point per route run against him, according to ESPN's Mike Clay. And by the way, a lot of these wide receiver corner, you know, these, these matchups that I talk about for these wide receivers, when it gets specific to, to the slot or to the outside, uh, th- that comes from a lot of the work that Mike Clay does over at ESPN. He, his, his, um, his work is, is, is great. So I, I would highly recommend checking his stuff out. Um, but, you know, CeeDee Lamb, you know, he's not really someone that I'm staying away from. He's someone, you know, he's not someone, uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is not someone that quarterbacks have been shying away from either. Okay, so uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it if you're considering uh, starting Mario Cooper this week. The Saints have given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks and, and over the last four weeks as well. So uh, I'm not overthinking this one. 
The Saints are in the bottom five in terms of allowing 40-plus yard passing plays and in the bottom seven in terms of allowing 20-plus yard passing plays. So this is good for fantasy, bad for their defense. So Michael Gallup, you know, is someone also who you can throw in your flex and feel relatively good about it to potentially get some big plays in this game. Now, Dalton Schultz takes a bit of a hit with all these guys back, uh, but he's still a screamer. Um, He can still get it done for you. Just keep in mind that the Saints are one of the tougher matchups for tight ends. Uh, Dawson Knox didn't do his thing yardage-wise last week, but he did catch two touchdowns against the Saints. That was the Thanksgiving game. Um, Dallas Goddard was able to go 5 for 62 against them. Um, you know, they also didn't go against any amazing tight ends. Kyle Pitts had 62 yards against them. So on paper, it might look worse than it is. Um, they, they didn't really go against any, you know, great tight ends or anything like that. Um, now there's a lot of questions around Zeke and what kind of volume he's going to get. I think the Cowboys have realized that they need to keep Tony Pollard involved. So the days of getting Zeke, you know, 25 plus touches, you know, might be close to over at least, at least for now. While he nurses his knee injury, uh, this is a tough matchup on the ground, and and I'd expect most of his production, or at least the opportunity that matters, to come in the passing game. Uh, he's caught twelve of fourteen targets over the last two weeks, so that that kind of keeps you know him viable. Um, the Saints have given up the third most receiving yards to running backs over the last four weeks, and the thirteenth most over the course of the uh, course of the season. So, you know, I'm still starting him as like a high end RB two because he's on a good offense, and there will likely be opportunity for him to get some goal line looks. Uh, Tony Pollard had 14 opportunities last week. He's a flex play, um, but because of the tough matchup, I'm not like overly excited, you know, about the potential for that upside, especially with all the wide receivers healthy. It looks like there's a chance that uh, Taysom Hill might get the start this week, and if that's the case, he's a QB1 start. You know, I get not trusting him right right away, but if I'm screaming, he's definitely an option. Uh, There's a chance that he continues to be a legit QB1 start the rest of the way uh, because of that rushing ability and because of that rushing touchdown upside that he presents near the goal line. Now, we don't necessarily know who's going to, you know, who he's going to favor in the pass game, but Traquan Smith has been the only wide receiver getting a full route participation. So if I'm betting on anybody, I'm going to bet on him uh, before these other guys like Marquez Calloway and all that and all those guys. Now, you know, I think I had more concern about Alvin Kamara's health going into this game than a rushing quarterback who might run first before checking down. Uh, but Kamara, if Kamara's active, I'm going to play him like a low-end RB1. There is a chance that Mark Ingram uh, gets a sizable workload to complement Kamara if, you know, until that com- until Kamara is a full go. Um, I would say that Ingram, if Kamara plays, Ingram is probably like an upside flex play this week. Um, if Kamara ends up missing another game, if he doesn't play on Thursday, Ingram will be like a high-end RB2 play. All right, moving on to the Vikings at the Lions. 47 point over under. The Vikings are favored by 7 points. Alexander Madison, he's next up in this backfield with Dalvin Cook out. He's a high-end RB1 uh, because he's going to be the bell cow. Um, But also because this is a great matchup. He had 34 opportunities in Week 3. He had 33 opportunities uh, in Week (laughs) 5. Okay, Heavily involved in the pass game. He went over 150 total yards in both of those games. Um, You know, and now the handcuff to Madison while Cook is out is uh, Kene Wangu. Okay, um, just just wanted to point that out. He he is a freak athlete. So, you know, in, in deeper leagues, he is worth rostering just in case Madison gets hurt. And then you have a game, you know, with uh, a Kane Wangu as like as, as the guy. Right. And, and he could take it to the house at any point. You've seen 
his his kick returns. I think he had two kick returns for touchdowns this year. Justin Jefferson in your lineup every single week. Adam Thielen, solid wide receiver two this week. Now I, I wouldn't expect the world from these two um, in this matchup just because teams haven't thrown the ball a ton against the Lions. I wouldn't expect blow up games. Uh, Kirk Cousins is an all right start this week. I, I like again. I, I don't expect the Lions to keep it competitive, so Cousins you know just might not have to throw a ton. He's probably still a low end QB one though the way he's playing. Um, but you know it's like how much upside does he really have in this game? Now, on the Lions side, Jamal Williams is a borderline RB1. He's going to be a workhorse, right? He's going to be involved in the pass game. If he gets anywhere near the goal line, that will be a bonus if it can happen. Um, you know, but 20-plus 20, 20 touches is, is a very likely possibility for him while DeAndre Swift is out. And it's sounding like, like more than one week for Swift at this point. So you can potentially use Jamal Williams over the next couple weeks. TJ Hawkinson, you know, only had three targets last week. You know, that's not promising. But, you know... A 9 or 10 target game can come come out of nowhere, and it's possible that it happens this week. I see the Vikings putting up points against the Lions, obviously, and I can understand, you know, the Lions. They had close games against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Chicago over their last three. So, you know, this week they'll likely have to pass the ball more. Um, Jared Goff, you know, only threw the ball 25 times in his last two games played, which is, you know, for them, it's, it's, it's extremely low, right? Um, I'd play Hawk as a low-end tight end one this week with upside. Uh, because the matchup isn't great. The Lions aren't really giving up a ton of fantasy points to the tight end position. Um, but, you know, I think with TJ Hawkinson being their number one wide receiver, DeAndre Smith being out, this is this could be a blow-up spot for Hawk. Josh Reynolds, it, you know, is the is the only Lions wide receiver I'd play if I play anyone. Deeper leagues only, obviously. Uh, flex option in deeper leagues. I feel like we, we, we go to a different Lions wide receiver every week. But uh, Minnesota's given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Patrick Peterson, you know, potentially out this week after he was placed on the COVID list. You know, unless he gets a couple negative tests before Sunday. Um, but, you know, it, listen, if you're in a deep league, you're in a pinch, Josh Reynolds could be your guy. Cardinals at the Bears, uh, 46, and 46 point over under. Uh, the Cardinals are favored by seven points. Uh, the hope is that Kyler Murray will play this week. You know, <laughs> one can only hope. But he got a month off. My guess is that he finally plays now that the buy is behind him. Um, he did practice on Wednesday. And if he plays, he's a high end QB1 for me, especially, you know, because DeAndre Hopkins is likely back this week as well. Um, he was practicing on Wednesday. Uh, I would say that he's a high end wide receiver too if he's back. Now, Jalen Johnson on the Bears has been one of the bright spots for that Chicago secondary, and he's he's the one that will likely be seeing most of Hopkins on that left side of the offense. Uh, the Bears have allowed the second least amount of fantasy points to wide receivers on their left side. So this is a tougher matchup than it might seem. Um, I'm still playing Hop, right, if he's playing. Uh, Mike Evans did catch two touchdowns in Johnson's coverage in Week 7. So, you know, with Hopkins being that similar type of, you know, go up and get it type of receiver, you know, that's why he still has an opportunity to put up a game. Christian Kirk's matchup is is solid, you know. Um, so if Collar ends up, uh, it, you know, if Collar ends up not going uh, Hopkins' way a whole lot because of the matchup, Kirk can potentially benefit. Um, I'd say he's a low-end wide receiver three this week with upside. AJ Green is a low-end wide receiver three as well. He has the best matchup of any of these guys on that right side. The Bears have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that side over the last four weeks. Um, and, and we saw that firsthand on Thanksgiving when Josh Reynolds caught that deep touchdown pass on that right perimeter. Right? 
Uh, James Conner, still a solid RB1 with Chase Evans out. Good matchup. David Montgomery, on the other side, has been getting some of the best usage in terms of when he's on the field, what situations he's on the field for, you know, but almost better than any other running back in the league. But he needs more touches. He needs to be more efficient. The fantasy points haven't been there. Uh, but I think they're going to they're gonna come. He did get 20 opportunities last week. It's what you want to see. But he wasn't able to be efficient, right? Um, I continue to start him as a high-end RB2. He has a blow-up game coming, right? He, he could potentially have a stretch here where he, he does his thing. Um, on a per-carry basis against the Cardinals, this is not a bad matchup. They're also allowing the fifth-most receptions over the last four games to running backs as well. So there is some potential here, um, especially because it's this is a little bit of a tougher matchup on the back end. Allen Robinson wasn't practicing as of Wednesday as possible that he misses again. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been on a roll. He's the wide receiver 25 on the year. Um, and, and, the, and the reason why I say he's on, he's on a roll, since week 8, he was the wide receiver 13. Um, he, and also, he had a bye included in there. So, I started him as a high-end wide receiver 3 this week. You know, but temper expectations because this is a tough matchup. The Cardinals are legit one of the toughest teams against wide receivers on the low. Just keep that in mind if you're making any start-sit decisions. Uh, Cole Komet had eight plus targets in two of his last three games. He caught eight balls on Thanksgiving. Uh, he didn't practice on Wednesday with a groin injury. No idea if that's something serious or not. If he does end up playing this week, he'll be a streaming option for sure. The Cardinals haven't allowed a ton of fantasy points to tight ends, but they also didn't go up against that many good tight ends either. Um, so this is a good overall defense, though, and the, and the the only tight end to go off on them was George Kittle. Um, but he was the only good tight end to go up against them. So just, just keep that in mind when making that streaming decision. Um, and by the way, the Cardinals defense, great stream this week, especially if Kyle Murray plays. Um, you know, the higher the score differential between these two teams, the better the defensive play becomes. Why? Because towards the end of the game, um, the, the offense that's down is going to become one-dimensional. The pass rush will come on every single play. Um, you know, that leads to more sacks, more sack fumbles, more interceptions, and more potential defensive touchdowns. That's why sometimes we see a lot of those type of plays towards the end of the game uh, in a blowout. All right, moving on to the Bucks at the Falcons. The Bucks are favored by 11 points. This is a 50 and a half over under. Tom Brady should have a pretty good game this week. The Falcons have allowed the third most fantasy points to the quarterback position this year. Uh, no Antonio Brown for this week or next week, apparently. We thought it was possible he makes his way back this week, but that doesn't seem to be the case. If you know you're making the playoffs, this can be a good thing just to make sure that AB is 100% when he's back. Uh, but you hope that he does come back when you need him and this injury just doesn't linger forever. But it, it seems like this was a serious high ankle sprain and they're using you know the upper limit of the optimal recovery time to bring him back. So they're trying to win a Super Bowl. They want him to be at full strength. I get it. Um, hopefully he made the playoffs and you can use him when he's at 100%. So that means that Chris Godwin, Mike Evans continue to be great plays. Uh, Mike Evans on their left side. The Falcons have allowed the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers uh, running routes on their left side over the last four weeks. They've allowed the seventh most to slot wide receivers. So that's great for Godwin as well. Uh, Godwin, by the way, he has feasted against the Falcons like every single time he's played them. So we should expect that to continue this week. Um, these guys are both high-end wide receiver twos. Gronk is at full strength too. Um, he ran around on more than 80% of dropbacks last week. He came through. So continue to start him as a tight end one who can be the overall tight end one every, you know, any, any given week as long as he's healthy. Um, and, and he did score two touchdowns against the Falcons earlier this year. 
Leonard Fournette has actually taken over more responsibility in this backfield. He's on the field on third and longs now. He's on the field in the two-minute offense now. So he's an every-down back at this point. He's an RB1 play every week now, you know, as opposed to the high-end RB, RB2 that he was before. Uh, but the dude has caught eight balls, six balls, seven balls over the last three weeks. So that, that's, that's, that's dope as hell. Now, on the Falcon side, um, there's really... Not much else to say besides Cordell Patterson, right? Like he, he's an RB one, he's a wide receiver one, whatever. You know, my guess is that they don't use Patterson a ton in the run game this week, given how good the Bucks front is. Um, but they'll use him plenty in the pass game. So tough matchup on paper. Um, but if they use him in the pass game, it's not a tough matchup because the Bucks have allowed the fourth most fantasy fantasy um, receptions to running backs this year. Uh, you know, whether most of his routes came out of the backfield this week, we'll see. Um, it really changes with him on a game to game basis. Uh, Kyle Pitts has a chance this week. He caught five passes for 73 yards against the Bucks the first time around, um, and that was just his second game in the NFL, right? Um, I, I know he's been disappointing lately, but I think he can come through in this game. It's a good matchup overall. But the Bucks defense is a really nice play this week. Colts at the Texans, 46 point over under. Um, the Colts are favored by 8.5 points. Jonathan Taylor... Obviously, you know, can really rack up some volume in this game. You're starting him. Uh, Carson, Carson Wentz can be started as well. He's a low-end QB1. Good matchup for his wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman, he should be started as a wide receiver too. The Texans have given up the third most fantasy points over the last eight weeks to perimeter wide receivers. He should have a solid week. T.Y. Hilton has historically been the Texans' killer in Houston. Um, you know, can they look for him for a touchdown this week? Sure. Am I betting on it? No. But in deeper leagues... You know, sure, go with it. Go with the narrative. Just keep in mind that he doesn't have anywhere near uh, a full route participation. Um, I, I understand wanting to chase Jack Doyle's game last week, but he was under fifty percent route participation. He was just targeted a ton, you know, on a per route basis. I, I personally wouldn't chase the points here. Uh, Brandon Cooks has a good matchup on the other side. His target share, you know, has calmed down a little bit over the last two weeks. He did score last week, which saved you. But my guess is that Houston will have to throw in this game, especially in the second half. And Cooks will have a good matchup when he runs on the perimeter, uh, which is like a third of his routes or so. Um, you know, but the Colts, uh, well, actually on, on the right perimeter, you know, the Colts have actually given up the fourth most fantasy points uh, on that side and the fourth most overall to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks. So there is some potential here. Uh, he, he's a low-end wide receiver to play. I, I don't want... To start anyone from this backfield, unless you know one really stands out, Rex Burkhead's usage stands out a bit more. Um, but I, I need to see it in multiple games, and I need to see the usage look like decent production as well. So this is a tough matchup for running backs. I, I personally stay away. Okay, Eagles and the Jets, uh, forty-five and a half over under. The Eagles are favored by seven points. Jalen Hurts has a messed up ankle. You know, he says he'll be ready to go, but I wouldn't take the player's word for it because the player always wants to play, right? Uh, if he does truly have an ankle sprain, he's not going to be running the ball, which means that his upside is truly capped here, you know, even though it's a good matchup. And I, and I might be even looking, might be even looking for another option this week, um, you know, even with, you know, uh, th- like this matchup looks juicy, but, you know, I, I, do I trust Jalen Hurts as a pocket passer? I'm not sure. Um, I, I would just expect the Eagles to run the ball 50 times against the Jets, honestly. You know, Miles Sanders got a limited practice in on Wednesday, which is a good sign for his availability this week. Jordan Howard did not practice with a knee injury, and Boston Scott didn't practice because of an illness. But if Sanders plays, I'd list him as an RB2 this week, and Scott as a high-end flex play. If Howard does end up playing, all three of these guys are playing, 
I'll probably have him as like a touchdown dependent flex play over Boston Scott. Um, there's a lot of potential fantasy points to go around for running backs against the Jets, so I can understand throwing any of these guys in your lineup. I get it. Uh, because of less potential scrambling, um, we can see some more attempts this week for Jalen Hurts. So Dallas Goddard, you know, still a tight end one play despite a couple of bad box scores. Uh, he's running a route on almost every drop back. He's going to pop off at some point. I'm wondering how long it'll be, you know, be, before I have to stop saying this. <laughs> I do sound like a broken record, but it's going to happen at some point. Um, the Jets secondary has just gotten worse as the season has gone on. So Devontae Smith, he's a low-end wide receiver to play. Uh, the Jets have given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So he's solid. On the Jets side, I'm honestly not sure if you can trust any of these running backs. They introduced another running back, Austin Walter, into the rotation after the Michael Carter injury. You know, we thought it was going to be Ty Johnson on passing downs, you know, Tevin Coleman on, on early downs. But, you know, Walter had nine carries to Johnson's six. He even had some goal line opportunities, and he even, you know, he converted, right? So, you know, I'm not sure if I can trust this backfield right now. Um, you know, it's possible that Ty Johnson can rack up some receptions in what can be a negative game script. But, you know, I just, I wouldn't bet on it, you know, in, in a once-again three-man backfield. Tevin Coleman was able to rack up 16 carries last week, but that was against Houston in a neutral and positive game script. So, I, I, I doubt that that's the type of game script the Jets see this week. Now, it wasn't a great box score for Elijah Moore. Um, you know, especially compared to what we saw over the last few weeks, but his usage was the best it's been all season. Um, 36% target share. He ran around on every drop back except one. Even with Zach Wilson, I think he can get it done. He's still a wide receiver three play with upside. It's possible that uh, Corey Davis doesn't play this week, so the targets will likely flow towards Elijah Moore once again. Uh, don't get it twisted, though. This is a tough matchup. You know, only volume can overcome this one. And my guess is that the Jets are going to be throwing quite a bit this week. So the hope is that Darius Slay doesn't shadow him. I, I doubt that he does. He's really you know, been staying on his side of the field. The Eagles do play a lot of zone, um, and it's been effective for them. Hopefully more can find his spots. Uh, that being said, all that being said, Eagles defense is a good play this week. All right, the Chargers at the Bengals. The This is another 15.5 over under game. Uh, the Bengals are favored by 2.5 points. Uh, I keep starting Keenan Allen as a wide receiver one. 10 plus targets in all five of his games since his bye week. Uh, averaging 95 receiving yards per game in that span as well. So he's, he's a bona fide stud, fantasy stud right now. Um, you can start Mike Williams if you're looking for a boom-bust play, but I, I personally don't really trust him. I'd probably rank him as like a boom-bust wide receiver three. Now, if Shadobi Awuzie ends up shadowing him, which I think might be the case, you know, it's not necessarily the reason why Williams can't do well, but, you know, there is something to say about Awuzie not, you know, giving up big plays this year at all. Um, Austin Eckler is in the lineup as a high running back one for sure. Uh, Justin Herbert can be started as a QB one. He has that upside that's hard to pass up, you know, especially in a game that Vegas has close and as a 50 point total. Um, Joe Mixon, you know, he's the overall RB3 on the year. He's killing it. I expect the Bengals to do the, to do their best running the ball this week, given how good the Chargers secondary is, you know, and how the Chargers have been vulnerable on the ground. 
tough matchup overall for the Bengals wide receivers, but T. Higgins does have an advantage on that right side where he runs most of his routes from. The Chargers' one vulnerable spot, you know, is their defense's, defense's left side, the offense's right side. They've allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that right perimeter. Um, you know, everywhere else has been close to shutdown, to be honest. Jamar Chase will get some routes on that right side, but most of his routes do come on that left side. Um, he just doesn't run as many routes on that right side as Higgins does. We'll see what they do. Maybe they maybe they switch it up a little bit this this week. But I, I'd say that Chase is a high and wide receiver to play because mostly mostly because of his ability, his big play ability in this matchup. Um, and then Higgins is a low and wide receiver too, but has the better matchup between the two guys. I'd avoid Tyler Boyd this week. The Chargers have allowed the least fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. Chris Harris, you know, he don't play. Joe Burrow doesn't interest me much, you know, as a streamer this week. I expect them to be, you know, run heavy once again uh, with with Joe Mixon. Um, and, and that's it. Those are all the seven mat the first seven matchups. I'm going to go over the next seven matchups in tomorrow's episode. Thank you guys so much for for uh, hanging out with me. For, 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 the, for the entire season. I hope everyone had an amazing Thanksgiving too, just in case you didn't hear my waiver wire episode earlier this week. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully everyone has a wonderful holiday season. Hopefully everyone can get into the fantasy playoffs and win a fantasy championship. Um, thank you guys for listening. Now, just want to let you guys know that this episode, you know, is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Um, right now, they have an amazing promotion that if you deposit $100 uh, or up to $100, they will match 100% of your initial deposit uh, if you use the code upper hand. So, uh, you know, they have a great, uh, they have a couple great types, different types of contests. They have best ball coming up as well for the playoffs. You got, you definitely need to check that out. Um, they also have the over-unders. And by the way, I do have a few over-unders for tonight that I'm playing. Okay, so use the code upper hand. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll give you 100% on top of whatever you deposit, up to $100 if you use the code upper hand. But here's a couple of the over-unders that I like this week uh, for tonight's game, for the Thursday night game. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, over 280.5 yards passing, uh, over 23.5 completions. Uh, Zeke Elliott, under 47.5 rushing yards. CeeDee Lamb, over... 62 and a half receiving yards. Tony Pollard under 44 and a half rushing yards, and Dalton Schultz under 45 and a half uh, receiving yards. So you know you might like any some of those plays. You might not. You might like some of the other players uh, in that game. Remember, there's another team there, New Orleans. <laughs> I just I have a harder time, you know, kind of reading them, especially with the quarterback change uh, and the band of running backs. But um, but yeah, go check it out. Um, I'm definitely gonna have some more picks for Sunday. As well, uh, that post will be out on my Instagram on Saturday uh, at Upper Hand Fantasy. Um, and by the way, a lot of these injuries, injury situations that are you know still kind of playing out over this week, I'll be updating all that on my Instagram story. So make sure you keep updated there. Uh, but until tomorrow, I'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Bye.